Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Coin Press podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Eric Saberski. Am I saying that right, Eric? That's correct. All right, excellent. So Eric is the VP of Data Science at The Tie. So welcome, Eric. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. Super uh, excited to be talking with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we met through uh, through the Coinos group. You, you know yes. Ron and, and all those guys over there. Uh, yes. Right. And so this is great. I think you guys even hosted their launch party. In we the did. We did. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic time. Uh, best event of the year. <laughs> Very cool. Um, excellent. Well, yeah, no, glad to glad to have you on. And um, if we have time towards the end, we can talk more about Coinos. But today, I really want to talk about the tie. What What is the tie? Can you tell me more about what you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the tie is the place where I work. And uh, we <laughs> are a big data company. Oh, not big data. We're a data company in the crypto space. And we our, our main clients are like traders, professional traders, institutions, hedge funds, those type of people, but also other people that are generally needing data for, I'll get into other examples, uh, but the type of data that we're looking at ranges all the way from news, breaking news, to social media data, to developer activity, to uh, on-chain metrics, anything that's kind of relevant in the crypto space as far as data goes, we're doing our best to collect it, store it, analyze it, and provide meaningful signals to people that might want to trade off of this. So uh, as a data scientist at this company, it's it's, it's really fun because we're definitely not lacking data. And of course, working in the crypto space, there's uh, lots, of, lots of fun ways to play with data and lots of fun reasons to do so. So yeah, that's the one second spiel of the tie. Very cool. Um... Yeah, I think it's interesting. On your website, you say uh, it's workflow at the speed of crypto, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, I'm assuming that you mean by that, like, you know, improving the workflow of your institutional investors and helping them move faster to keep up with markets where, you know, there's blocks every few seconds and that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, another way to think of it, like, yes, uh, a big, a big part of our product pipeline is the real-time aspect of it, where we have blocks coming in and that on-chain data coming right into your feed in real time. We have breaking news coming in the second the news comes out and we're scraping it directly from these primary sources to figure out like before this news is even on Twitter or anyone's trading on it, it's on our platform. We, that, that was kind of the first product we built, this breaking news engine. Um, but like the other, if, if I were to try to pitch you on the tie right now, um, one of the things that we often say is, People that want to stay on, on top of like the crypto space as a whole right now, they have to follow all these Twitter accounts. They have to be in 50 different Telegram groups, yada, yada, yada. And it's impossible to kind of keep track of everything. Um, so another way that we're speeding up people's workflows, we're, you don't have to be in 50 Telegrams. You don't have to be scrolling Twitter all day. We put all the useful information that you would need kind of on one screen. And we want you to not have to ever switch screens as much as possible. We want all the information you'll ever need ideally right in our platform. So that, that just speeding up your daily research workflow. Gotcha, very cool. And and just one screen, I don't need the Gordon Gecko spread of six, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt to have more screens. More screens <laughs> sure. is always more power. That's cool. Um, excellent. So uh, we can get into more of the detail about like, you know, what's in your dashboards and that, and that kind of thing. But sure. um, in terms of what you're doing, Obviously, you're targeting like the institutional investors, but for for that group, why 
is your offering like why does it matter how do you differentiate yourself compared to your competition who is your competition that sort of thing yeah that's a that's a totally fair question and there's lots of great companies out there that are doing very similar stuff they overlap in a lot of ways and you know that's that's all great uh some of them might be like you might use token terminal for a lot of these on-chain metrics lots of people use mazari uh nansen all these uh did i already say nansen oh no i didn't okay i said token terminal okay <laughs> um, <laughs> right. um but uh yeah there, there, there's definitely other companies out there doing very similar stuff but one way i like to think of how we differentiate from the competition is as i kind of was just saying we want to be one place that has all the data you could ever imagine and a lot of these other competitors the competitors in one specific facet whether it's on-chain activity whether it's the social media data um something like that so people are, are a lot of our competitors are specializing in these one things whereas we're trying to be more of everything and we really did start off as the social media and news company and we wanted to be the best of that but we've really grown into like more general all data and um we even though we're trying to be as wide as possible in our data offering we do want to we, we are being very careful to make sure like our data offering is really good and in depth in each one of these fields so it's uh i guess in short the way i guess we're, we're different is we we have more and we're better but that sounds braggadocious of me <laughs> uh, um, no, that, that, that makes sense though because you're basically you're bundling together all these disparate pieces of information and yeah, um, you, Exactly. Yeah. Save more when you bundle. Everyone says that. And we, we a, a big goal of ours is that people similarly, they're in 50 telegrams, yada, yada, yada. They might be paying monthly to 10 different subscriptions to get all this different data they need. And our goal is to get people down to just one single subscription and they don't need to be paying all the, for all these different things. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so that's, that's a really interesting approach. And I think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, I have a lot of questions about like how you pack that much information onto one page, but the in terms of like who this is for, obviously you mentioned you know hedge funds and that sort of thing, but is this something that's useful for people who aren't like your traditional trader? You know, they're not actually trying to you know buy the lows and sell the highs and flip mm -hmm. on a daily basis. They're just looking for high quality projects and looking to get them at undervalued points. Are you yeah. thinking about that persona as well, or? Absolutely. I mean, at, at the end of the day, what I'm personally thinking about is what's the best data, and then every time I think of like what's the most meaningful data, I think of what does this data tell me about the crypto space. So kind mm -hmm. of uh, there's the, it could cater to an infinite number of audiences that are interested in the crypto space. But for example, one thing that I've been spending a lot of time lately on, and a lot of people are getting really interested in, is tracking developer activity across all these different coins. And there's no like science of how do you trade on developer activity? Like it's this unique sure. metric that like, uh, what, what does it really tell you? Um, and it could kind of show these undervalued gems or even undervalued ecosystems as a whole, where you could start asking questions like how many unique developers are working not only on this project, but on forks of this project? Like how, how big is the developer community around this project? And uh, then you could say, all of these projects might be Ethereum-based projects, or all of these might be Cosmos-based projects. You could say, how how is the developer activity changing from month to month and number of unique people working on them? And then you get really interesting metrics of like, wow, this one is really attracting a lot of interest from the developer's standpoint. Um, that might be a signal to buy and might be super undervalued right now. If the developers think it's really cool, probably is really cool. Um, mm. But uh yeah I, I don't know if that exactly answered your question but there's just so many different ways you could look at yeah. the data for so many different reasons 
absolutely no it does um it's it's really interesting to me i, I think that the the challenge of finding good data for for crypto uh people who haven't really dug into you know analyzing projects and that sort of thing probably thinking that all the data you need is on chain right right <laughs> That 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 seems like a misconception here because right out the gate, almost nothing you're talking about is on chain. It's you know traditional web scraping and and data about what's being developed and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what is the difference between what you're looking at and say a company doing something similar, not in the crypto space, just analyzing like public company data? Yeah, or something I mean, like there is definitely a big goal of ours is uh, to create a platform that people that aren't used to crypto are comfortable looking at. So we don't want to be just a crypto only for crypto bros platform uh, right. because a lot of our clients are have deep backgrounds in traditional finance and stuff like that. So we want to create metrics and stuff that they're used to seeing in traditional finance. Um, and actually a lot of that even does relate to on-chain data. So as an example, one of the big pushes we just had uh, last month we released this really cool new thing called usage trends data. And we also released one called finance trends data. But our mm -hmm. goal when we were building it was how do we take all of these weird on-chain metrics that no one, uh, that your grandfather would have no idea what it means. How do we turn that into a signal that he can understand? So we started doing really common things like looking at lifetime value of users by looking at how many fees does the average user pay to this platform over their lifetime or, mm -hmm. uh, we, we look at certain ratios, kind of like P to E ratios, kind of how many fees does this entire protocol, maybe Uniswap, uh, uh, receive, even though Uniswap doesn't really collect any revenue, but how many fees are people paying uh, to Uniswap on an annual basis compared to what's the market cap of Uniswap? That's kind of our analogous to the P to E ratio. We're looking sure. at re uh, user retention rates, like out of all the wallets that use, uh, you're just going to keep using Uniswap as an example, out of all the wallets that use Uniswap in December, how many of those same wallets came back and used it Uniswap again in January? So mm. these are all metrics traditional finance people might be looking at when they're investing in normal companies, uh, looking at the lifetime value of customers, how much do customers typically pay, yada, yada, yada. And we're just creating these uh, on-chain analogs to them. So um, again, don't know if that answered that question, but it was uh, answer to someone's question. It does. No, that, <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, I think that's a really good example. Uniswap is and really DEXs in general are um, a very analogous tool, right? When you're coming from a traditional finance background. So every time I, I reach for an analogy or um, just a good example, a DEX always comes to mind. But mm -hmm. um, there's so many things that you can do on a smart contract platform, more than just a DEX. But it, it seems like um, DeFi is kind of the uh, the place to go for for the kind of information that you're pulling. Um, are you looking at other types of dApps, games, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Or Okay. We're, we're, we're trying to get full coverage on pretty much any, uh, for, for at least like this usage stuff, any type of project on the, the blockchain. Right now, we're really focused on Ethereum and Avalanche as our two uh, blockchains, but we're going to spread out to others. Um, DeFi, as you said, it's kind of like the, the low hanging fruit and it's the easiest. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're doing the same thing for GameFi to figure out how uh, users in, are continuing to play the games over time, yada, yada, yada. Um, and yeah, so we have a huge list of protocols that our research team put together. And they, it, it, it's really uh, actually a lot of work to get this usage data for each DEX, for each game and stuff like that, because it's 
manual labor to figure out like, oh, here is the exact piece of data I'm looking for in the blockchain every time someone makes a swap on Uniswap. And you have to like figure all that stuff out. And then when you switch to Decentraland to do it for GameFi, all the work you just did for Uniswap doesn't apply. You have to right, do right. it for <laughs> figure it all out again. Um, yeah. So we're going through this giant list. Our, our research team has catered. And as a data science team, we are solving all, uh, figuring out how to, you know, track all the activity on all these projects. So lots of work. Um, that's that. Very interesting. Um, now, when it comes to data analytics and, and coming up with really insight into um, into the different projects, there is uh, a pervasive problem in crypto of scams and, and projects that are rug pulls and all that. Is that something that you're you're looking for signals on? Um, I mean, obviously, when you're looking at Ethereum and, and large projects, they're more established, less of an issue. Yeah. But you know, you could get into the weeds pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're looking at it a little bit. There's only so much you could do without like looking at the actual smart contract code or something like that. If there's something right. sketchy going on under the hood, but the sort of stuff we look at is like kind of the data analysis to look for some of these sketchy things. Is uh, we. we some interesting ways you could think of how do we figure out if the project's legit. For example, looking at who's talking about the project on Twitter. Every mm -hmm. So we, we have, anytime someone mentions any tweet about any cryptocurrency, we're pretty much collecting it. We have really intense scrapers. So if there's a new project that comes out and you're wondering if it's a scam or not, and we, we, we're looking at the data, um, we might say, who's talking about it on Twitter? And then we pull up all the accounts that have talked about it on Twitter. And then we say, what's their track record? And maybe we could see if they're like a new accounts, if it's all right. new accounts talking about it, and we're like, that's sketchy. Or maybe if they have a track record of like historically just talking about the worst stuff in the world, that's also <laughs> a signal. Um, right. So so that's one way we look at it. We, we take the same attitude and we can also apply it to on-chain data. So one thing we've looked at is like, are there certain wallets that the day a token comes out, they, for example, buy that token, and then what do they, and then what's the track record of like that token? So uh, that really didn't make any sense. Let me try again. Um, so, so we have a monitor, for example, every time someone creates a new token and puts it on Uniswap, we are keeping track of it. And we have this thing that's it's a, it's a table on our dashboard that you could have. And it says, here are all the new tokens that were put on Uniswap today. And then we look at their price change and you get some that are like 10 million percent price change from the second it was put on Uniswap till now. And it's always under 24 hours because it's a 24 hour table. What we're doing with that data is we're also looking at who are the people that are like first buying this token? Who is the first buyer? And then we, we do some analysis. We do some background check on him and we look at his wallet and we say, what other stuff has he invested in in the past? And if he has a track record of always investing in like scam projects, then we know, oh, he's investing in this one again. That's This is probably a scam project of some sort. Or sometimes you get some guys that are like, oh, this guy always invests in pump and dumps and he just invested. I'm going to invest as well because I want to be part of this pump and dump. So it's kind of fun to, <laughs> to you know, track, track all this uh, super, super high resolution data and figure out what people are doing. And uh, sometimes you do find these scammers uh, in, in the process. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, just for my own curiosity, have you... Uh, internally come up with like a list of the most reputable uh, <laughs> Twitter influencers or something like that? We did that once for fun. It's not something we ever publicized or anything, but we did it internally as a data science team. Uh, we, we, we called it uh, the scammy shiller analysis. It was, it was a little different. <laughs> what we were looking for was Twitter accounts that were like shilling uh, a certain coin. They're like, oh, this is the best new project in the world. Everyone buy it. 
But then mm-hmm. we associate, we went where we could, we associated their Twitter account with their wallets, uh, uh-huh. usually by ENS or if they ever tweeted what their wallet address was for like donations or whatever. So we had a list of like Twitter accounts with associated uh, Ethereum addresses. And we looked for anyone that was ever shilling a token, but at the same time selling that token. <laughs> so we, we did have that list for a while. Oh, that's cool. Um, very neat. So, uh, I guess looking ahead uh, from where you're at today, what uh, I mean, obviously you're focusing on Ethereum and Avalanche, and um, I'm assuming just you know building out more and better tooling. Um, mm-hmm. What's what kind of what's your focus right now? What are your clients asking for, and um, what information do you wish you had access to? I mean, we can go any direction from here, but sure, sure. So yeah, the thing I I, I have I, I just had my uh, annual to-do meeting with with a team of like as a data science team what what do we want to get built in 2023 and the thing that was at the bottom of that list that i'm most excited for uh, like everyone else in the world i'm gpt3 fanatic and we're gonna yeah. be plugging into that as much as possible in fact we've already been plugging into gpt3 for like over a year and a half we were we were trendsetters um <laughs> but we want to we want to really really increase our use of AI in our platform because right now it there is a little bit of friction in like getting to the data you want to see because there's just no way around it if you want to compare uh ethereum ecosystem developer activity against polka dot ethereum polka dot price i don't know whatever you want to compare you have to like click through stuff and it's a whole process it'd be really awesome if whatever data you're looking for you just type into our website and it'll say please show me the correlation between blah, 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 blah. And then it creates the chart, it does the thing. Um, and there's tons of companies out there that are starting to do this. And what's uh, becoming scary, it, it's becoming like scary easy to spin up an AI powered app. We're seeing them pop up all the time. OpenAI really crushed it with their uh, offering and everyone is jumping on this horse. Um, so we don't wanna just spin up another one of these chat GPT-3 things, cause everyone's doing that. Um, we, we do want to do that, but the differentiating factor that we really are taking care to is making sure our data is really the best data out there. And the amount of data that you can synthesize in the platform is really, really unique. Um, so gotcha. our, our step to get to the AI platform, we're not so worried about building the AI aspect of it because, you know, it's, it's not that hard to do that anymore. The steps that we're working on to getting there by the end of 2023 is making sure our data is full comprehensive and like really clean and complete and then we'll plug it into the the pipeline at the end very cool very cool um so i feel like i've i've read in the past about uh data analytics and and when you're presenting information to uh you know in a dashboard or whatever you have to move up this hierarchy of you know is it just data or are you providing a little bit of information or and then moving yeah, up yeah. into insight or i don't remember the order of things but sure, sure, sure. ultimately getting to like the wisdom of whatever can be pulled out of that um, how do you think of that in terms of uh, the different steps in your process that the types of data you're pulling um where where do you think you sit on like that spectrum of insight as of, yeah, that's a great question. And as of right now, we really focus our terminal on the lowest level. We want to provide the raw data because the, our clients are professionals and they often, they like having the analytics and back tests and stuff like that done for them. But more often they like having access to the most raw, most pure data. 
And then they do whatever the heck they want with that to figure out their own alpha, their own signal that no one else has access to. So sure. um, it, it, people are less, in a weird way, people are, are sometimes less excited when we do the actual higher level analysis for them because they're like, oh, everyone has this now. Why would <laughs> I use that if everyone right. has it? Um, but that being said, we definitely uh, do push out our own research. We're always looking for ways to find the most useful signal and stuff like that. Um, and even if it's not something we directly display, like, oh, our machine learning algorithm says this, when you see this pattern in developer activity, it means blah, blah, blah. Um, even though we don't literally display that information on the front end or anything like that, um, it helps guide us to what sort of data is actually important to be showing in the first place. So if, if we run a, a back test on our in, internally and it shows that like, oh, uh, one time, like looking at all developers is actually not a useful signal. There's way too much noise in that signal. But mm. if you are out to only developers that have written at least five commits to each project, that actually provides a better signal. Um, so th then we say, oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. We might write a little research piece about why five developers, five, this is totally hypothetical, by the way. Yeah, we have yeah. not done this research, but <laughs> we, we might write a little article that says, when you filter out to people that have only written five commits, you get this better signal, and here's why, blah, blah, blah. And then we would show on our platform the, the five commit developers uh, and filter out the one commit ones or have it at least as an option. But yeah, that's kind of uh, where we sit in terms of uh, you know analyzing data and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, no, that's really interesting. So I guess for, uh, for people listening who maybe have uh, a more traditional data analytics background or um, uh, you know, they're looking to get into the blockchain side of things more. Um, mm -hmm. Where's a good place to start that, that you've picked up from your time at the tie? A good place to start. Um, I'd say this is, uh, I, I, I say this all the time to people. Uh, more generally, it's like people that want to get into data science as a whole and, and not necessarily just crypto or anything like that. But I, I always say the best project ever was the first project I ever worked on which is building a trading bot. Because uh, it, it sounds kind of silly and stuff, but uh, building a, uh, just a centralized exchange trading bot is, the, in my opinion, like the best project to learn how to code and also learn some things about crypto and also learn some things about data science because the steps involved are you have to figure out, well, I have to create an account on this exchange. How, what crypto exchange? Do I like? you, you get kind of thrown into the door of crypto in that way. But then you have to figure out how do I connect to their API? First, I need to like pull data and maybe right. you've never pulled into an API before you learn about APIs. Cool. Now you've pulled in the data and now you say, how do I create an algorithm from this? Now you learn some data science to like, you know, build a predictive model from it. And then last step, you got to figure out like, okay, more APIs. How do I execute trades based on my algorithm? And then the last piece of the puzzle is like, how do I deploy this thing on some sort of cloud server so I don't have to keep my laptop open all day? So right. that whole that whole workflow is pretty much all of data science in a nutshell. You're collecting data, analyzing data, deploying things, creating a database that you need to store data over time. Um, it's it's all packaged in that project. So that's my favorite project. Cool. Very good. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's a useful thing to have, right? If you're looking to take advantage of some some trades. Um, like I, I have some coin sitting on Mexi telling myself mm -hmm. that I'm going to do a little bit of day trading with it, but I haven't touched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, having uh, having something like that would certainly be useful for me. Um, so I guess for people who are in crypto and wanting to get you know more involved on the the data analytics side, and whether that's building a trading bot or just getting better insight to help them be a better manual trader. Um, 
is the tie the place to go? Or are you focused more on the institutional side? What are some good resources for people? Our clients are definitely mainly institutional level uh, people. So we might not be the best resource for just like an individual hobbyist or anything like that. Sure. Um, that being said, if someone wants interesting data and stuff like that, uh, Cointelegraph has a really cool paid feature. It's only like $100 a month or something like that. Admittedly, we did work with Cointelegraph on building this product. So it has a lot of our data at a much cheaper cost. And uh, you actually get, I know we said we don't display like machine learning algorithms, but in this Cointelegraph uh, application, it goes all the way from raw data, from like Twitter data, sentiment data, breaking news in real time, all that stuff, all the way up to a machine learning algorithm that's actually looking at a lot of these variables and saying like, okay, based on the, the sentiment and Twitter data and stuff like that, what is the predicted price change? And the prediction, I, I, I'm a little uh, egotistical here because I built it, but I think it does a pretty good job. Uh, so yeah. it, it, it's a little mini taste of of the data we have at the tie at a much cheaper cost and uh yeah that that would be the place i'd point the hobbyist very cool very cool um well eric i think we're just about out of time i really appreciate you coming on today this was really interesting to talk through what you're doing at the tie um where can people find you find me you can find me uh on the beach in san diego typically <laughs> um, but um yeah, I, I mean, the, the place I just direct anyone to is the tie.io for more information. You can't find me anywhere. I don't exist on social media. I am nice. a, I'm a fake person. You'll never, you'll never see me. But uh, yeah, if, if, for more information, definitely check out our website. Excellent. All right. Well, Eric, really appreciate your time today. This was great. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Hope you join me next week for the CoinPress podcast. Bye for now.